from the Black Box Theater in Moline, Illinois, the Andrew Ridgely of the Quad Cities, It's All You Care to Eat, a comedy thingy podcast with your four thingies, Dave Bondi, Rick Davis, Jeff DeLeon, and Clay Sander, along with their gaggle of special guests, Jessica Nickel-White, Mike Bros, and me, your Captain Continuity, Tom Makey. Sit back, relax, and strap it down with the always affable but never assable host of All You Care to Eat, from Chicago, Illinois, Mr. Patrick Brennan. Thank you very much, Tom Makey! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez, it's so lovely to see you all. It just seems like a minute ago we were doing episode eight. We are here to deliver for you for episode nine. Some more of the same, ladies and gentlemen. That rib tickling, dick stiffening, panty dampening comedy that you love so much. So, without further ado, Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick. Oh, well, looky, looky here, folks. It's comedy thingy's master of a thousand voices, the venerable, pretty Ricky Davis. Let's hear it for him. <laughs> Thanks, man, but, uh, you know, all of us here have been hoping you'd do something for us tonight. Yeah. Oh, come on, Rick. I don't really want to do that right Come on. Okay. We've been dying for you to do this since we started this podcast about a year ago, man. Yes, but I'd rather not do it for this. Patrick, we're not taking no for an answer, man. Come on, really? Let's, let's hear it. We'd really like to share it like that. Patrick, I'm convinced has seen into our future, and I must say, it's, it's pretty brilliant, man, how he predicts what our life will be like within the next 20 years. Truly a great think piece. All right, Tom, read the intro. According to NASA, the Russian Federal Space Agency, and the space thing that New Zealand has, within the next two decades, humans will inhabit the moon. Tonight, Patrick Brennan looks into our exciting future with life on the moon. Hey, Patrick, how'd the big job interview go? Honestly, Jeff, I nailed it. They were really impressed, and they made me an offer. Well, did you accept? Sure did. Awesome. So, so you're the chief marketing director now, right? Yeah. I guess they want me to start on the Kellogg's account to start, so that's going to be fun. That is awesome. Well, best of luck, man. Uh, when do you start? Oh, yeah. Well, I start Monday. On the moon. Life on the moon. Oh, what a dystopian, fantastical world it shall be. Chilling, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Just chilling. So let's get this shit show on the road. Bros, hit it! And it's time once again for old times as we open the comedy thingy vault. Creak! That's right, Tom Makey. We go through the misty portal to the day that lives in infamy. December 7th, 1941. Comedy Thingy was airing a special radio broadcast, Ye Old Melton Pot. It was an evening of songs celebrating the unique ancestry of this great country. That evening, moments before the world would change forever, Angus McGorney sang an Irish traditional tune titled, The Beloved Lass of Shantytown. In Shantytown where I was born, there did a fair maid dwell in, whom every lad had glad eyes for. The beauty Mary Ellen, she was the apple of my eye, my blue-eyed morning glory. But when I asked her to the dance, said she belonged to Rory. Oh, Rory Boyle, you're caught in me, face like a blind cobbler's thumb. But he has other charms, said she, once you know him some. 
an Egypt and a skyver too. Sweet Mary, you're above him, a heartless dosser not for you. How could you ever love him? Mad as a box of frogs is he, and shameless reprobate too. What could a man as poor as he have to offer to you? Twas then she smiled and looked at me and cut me to the quick. Stain he's thrice the man you'll ever be, for he has a 12-inch... We interrupt this program to bring you this special news bulletin from Washington. President Roosevelt has announced that the U.S. base in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, has been attacked by Japanese forces. Again, the U.S. base at Pearl Harbor was attacked in an air raid moments ago. Massive damage and heavy casualties are being reported. We will provide more details as they arrive. Now, back to your regular program... Dick. <laughs> and now ends our trip down memory lane and this edition of the Comedy Thing Evolved. Creek. All right, let's slam that door shut until next time. So, gang, we want to give a big hat tip to our producer and engineer, Gunnar Malstrom. Gunner stepping in for our pal Charlie Kreider. Charlie, we want you to remember that we still dig you, man. We really want you to get better. But we have so much more in common with Gunner now. <laughs> but you are great. But you are great, Charlie. We just want you to know that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, a big shout out to David Miller and Laura Adams of the Black Box Theater. Let me say that again. David Miller, Laura Adams, Black Box Theater. I stepped on, I'm stepped on your names because I am not the professional that you are. <laughs> Tom. Let's hear from a real professional. Tonight's podcast is sponsored in part by Shared IT. Go to sharedit.com for tech consulting and tell them Comedy Thingy sent you. Or don't, they don't care. Also, make sure to stop by comedythingy.com for all things these dipshits do, including things you're listening to now. That's comedythingy.com. Comedy Thingy now takes you to the Victoria Ballroom in London, where the renowned pianist Thaddeus Crumpt is finishing his recital in front of a high society England. Fuck. No, no, please, thank you, but I must apologize for that final note. I had gone 30 straight minutes flawlessly, then for some reason, uh, well, anyway. Looks like you shot your wad! Oh, yes, it's my Uncle Frank in the audience tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Nice clunker, dingus! Yes, well, thank you all for coming. I bid you a pleasant good evening. Moments later, backstage. You were wonderful, Thaddeus, just wonderful. Uh, I thank you for those kind words, but I can't get over how it all ended. Oh, nobody even really noticed. No, you're I being, mean it. You're being kind. I know one person who definitely noticed. Hey, Schroeder. Schroeder, you find that cord yet? <laughs> and here he is. Hey, what's your mom would have told me to stay home? Enjoying your corn nuts, Uncle Frank? What's it to you, you fruit? No, no. Nothing at all. I just seem to have issues only on nights that you attend, Uncle Frank. Can't figure out why that is. What's my dipshit sister doing anyway? Mother is fine. I'll pass along your kind regards as usual. Yeah, you do that. How do you... <coughs> Good God. I... 
How did, how did you get those corn nuts into the auditorium anyway? I snuck them in right next to my flashbowl of hooch. Uh, well, must be off. Enjoy your evening, Uncle Frank. Yeah. And please don't feel the need to come for the next two concerts. I'm quite all right. The next night at the second concert... Fuck! No, no, stop, please, please, please. It's a smattering of polite applause. I don't deserve it. Once again, this I've successfully navigated the troubled waters of this piano masterpiece for fully 30 minutes, and now I can't... Not your wife again! <laughs> Enjoying your hubba-bubba, Uncle Frank? Yeah, gonna be a dumb fight. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you my mother's brother, Uncle Frank. And once again, bid you adieu. Thank you. Later that evening, Thaddeus places a desperate call. Hello, Mater. Thaddeus, hello. My, it's late. How was your recital? Well, that's rather why I'm calling you. You see, Uncle Frank has shown up for the first two concerts, and I... Oh, dear. He didn't sneak in hooch and corn nuts again, did he? I'm afraid so. Oh, my, I am most dreadfully embarrassed for you. I should have never given him that care package from 7-Eleven. No, that explains the hubba-bubba. Oh, well, don't you worry. I will tell him to completely avoid tomorrow night's concert. Please do. I can't bear another evening of failure. There's something about him being there that hurts my performance. Even if I don't know he's there, I can feel it somehow. Indeed. Well, you needn't worry, dear boy. I'll make sure he's occupied tomorrow night. Thank you, I Mater. promise. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye, dear. Goodbye. Goodbye. The next evening, the closing night. Well, it's certainly been a night I'll never forget. The past couple of nights, I wasn't able to finish this song the way that I... Where uh, Uncle Frank? Uh, uh, well, I'm sorry? We want Uncle Frank! Did Uncle Frank be? Yeah, where's Uncle Frank? Uh, well, I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry, he's not here. I... Uh, Enjoying your Granny Smith apple, Uncle Frank? Hey! Hey, yo, yo, ma. <laughs> How about little Diddy? First of all, he's a cellist. Ooh, fella. Ooh. You know, Uncle Frank, when you first came in, I thought perhaps a hyena was finishing off a carcass of a dead antelope. But it turned out that it was just you annihilating a fucking Granny Smith apple. You need me, a little twerp. Give him chance! He's the only reason I showed up! Let him chop! Oh, blimey. And so it began. The Thaddeus and Uncle Frank show toured all of Europe, landing a hit song that would put them on the international map. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like now like to perform the song for you that our fans have driven all the way up to number one. It's a song entitled, Listen to Me Smack the Living Shit Out of These Nachos. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Sebastian Morton tonight. Our guest this evening is the always opinionated, yet always provocative former governor of Minnesota and political figure, Jesse Ventura. Welcome to the program, Jesse. Nice to be here. Now, Jesse, I want to dive right in by asking, what is your take on the push for gun control in your country? I'll do one better. Let me ask you this. Why is it that the sponge can absorb the water, but the water can't absorb the sponge? 
I uh, d don't follow. You're not supposed to. It's a riddle. A riddle. There is no answer. That's the point. Well, now I'm just confused. Sebastian, you're looking at this entire thing from a bird's eye view, and you should be looking at it from the worm's eye view in the dirt underneath. Well, let's run with that thought for a moment, shall we? Let's talk about what's really underneath this debate about gun control. Let me ask you an even better question. That wasn't a question. Yeah, but this is. Why is it that a raccoon can pick up a rifle and kill a person? But an American citizen can't pick up a rifle and kill a raccoon. Uh, uh, yes, I see you're confusing this with the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. That was a fantastic documentary. That, <laughs> uh, that, was, that, was, that was not a documentary, it's a blockbuster film. Says who? Uh, Hollywood. You believe the Hollywood foreign press? Uh, I got it, news for you, they ain't got it. <laughs> they don't know anything. In the I mean, real world, raccoons cannot fire weapons. Says who? Says biology, science. Who's science? The government's? The government's science? I, I, I who do you think controls the information? I got news for you. It's not the zoologist. So, according to you, the government has scientific secrets which reveal that raccoons can in fact fire guns, but it's withholding this information to limit the freedom of gun owners. The government is an inept group of people capable of extraordinary things. That's circular logic. Circular logic is still logic. It's a circular, so it comes around again and again like a revolution. Right. Uh, I'm going to end this interview. How can you end something you haven't even started? Shut up. Let me ask you this. Why are you shutting me up when you want to shut me down? Good Lord, you're exhausting. Thanks. Beautiful help on the transition, ladies and gentlemen. And listen, thank you, everybody. If you know who Jesse Ventura is, then that sketch was pretty good. Otherwise, it sucked ass. Go Google him. All right. All right, so now one quick note to anyone out in the podcast listening village, the comedy thingy, these gentlemen up here can be hired out, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, you can have these dingbats customize a live show just like all you care to eat for your company, group, or white supremacist organization. Just go to comedythingy.com to get the details. We take you now to the space station number five, outside the sea of tranquility. Oh, damn it. Hey, Jeff, I heard the commotion. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I just, but I, I totally just bit my cheek. On the moon. Life on the moon. Oh, what a dystopian, fantastical world it shall be. All right, gang, uh, you having a good time? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we uh, you know we started this All You Care to Eat podcast a little uh, about a year ago, and uh, we actually have gotten some fan emails, and uh, we got one that I wanted to read to you guys, uh, and the girl's name is uh, Theresa Nishu Witcher Dick, and she's from uh, Bidamay, Arizona, and Teresa writes, uh, dear imbeciles, if you're reading this, I'd be shocked because you constantly trip over your own written lines. Well, thanks. We appreciate the support. Um, <laughs> Uh, she goes on, uh, try not to suck so much as my ears continue to bleed from the shill brattering ram of your hapless, tragically unfunny voices. Well, that's, yeah, it's words of wisdom. Um, oh, there's something at the bottom here. I hope you die, honestly die. Wow, okay. Uh, Jeff, can I, can I see that letter? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> see, Teresa Nishu with your dick? Right. Yeah, that's a trick name. Teresa Nishu with your dick. It reads, there's an issue with your dick. How'd she know that? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, oh, I get, oh, yeah, 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 okay, I get it, I get it. The reason is, oh, bite yeah, okay. me, Arizona, okay. AZ, yeah, yeah. That's, that's bite my ass. It's a fake name, fake town, probably fake letter. Oh, 
Well, who would go through the trouble of ripping us apart and wishing for our deaths? Hey, folks, welcome back. I hope you guys find out who wrote that letter. That awful, get accurate as fuck letter. But anyways, let's get on with it, Tommy. Comedy Thingy presents Beneath the Music. Get ready to hear the story behind one of the most groundbreaking, top-selling albums of all time. It truly was a landmark musical accomplishment. An album that changed the lives of nearly everyone who heard it. Not only a hit with audiences, but also a hit with critics. We all thought this was this type of thing for girls, but uh, boy, were we wrong about that. It took something normal. Simply giving a human infant a name. Taking it from being a perfunctory naming ritual and turned child nomenclature into something with gravity and long-lasting artistic meaning. Yes, tonight, Beneath the Music presents Frankie Martino, the making of the Baby Name CD. With the arrival of the compact disc in the early 1980s, it allowed artists to produce material without the need of for bulky packaging. Gary Lurd, music historian. Up to that point, vinyl or cassette was the only deliverable to the market. With the CD, suddenly, new worlds opened up. Sonny Hoffman, agent to crooners of the 40s and 50s, was looking for a way to get his people back in the spotlight. Back then I was struggling, but I still had the studio. So as my wife says that her idiot sister's kid, Linda, wants a special birthday song. Now, I'm a softy for that drooling little dipshit, so I tell her I'll do it. I got one of my broads, Tootsie Dietrich, to do a couple of recordings at the studio. Take it and everybody flips their shit. I'm getting my in-laws asking me if Toots can do it for their kid. Sonny Huffman was always looking for that next angle. Specifically, whom could he exploit? Parents are fucking saps. I went with Toots and knocked out a hundred baby girl names in one session. Started with the A's and went down from there. So, I wish you a happy birthday cheer. Happy birthday, Abigail, Abby, Adelaide, Addie, Agatha, Agnes, Amanda, Amy, Anna, and the album, <laughs> the album sold thousands of copies around the country, but by leaving out male first names, over half the population remained underserved. Sonny was agent to legendary crooner Frankie Martino. Frankie wasn't doing much. The rodent regiment had split up. Rock and roll made him a has-been. He tried to keep it going in the 70s, but booze, dames, and drugs kept him down. Despite that, he was still beloved. Frankie, it's Sonny. Sonny Huffman, the dipshit half-Jew gypsy cocksucker? Yeah, hey, listen, I got a gig for you. You got a gig for me? Do me a favor. Anything. Take your gig, shove it up your dick, lick my ball bag, you piece of dog shit. Yeah. 
it didn't go well. The only way I could convince Frankie would be if I could get a top producer, so I rang up Glenn Townsend. I thought he was fucking joking. You mean to tell me Frankie fucking Martino wants to come out of retirement and do some piece of shit baby name record? I yelled bollocks and told Sonny go flush himself down the fucking loo. I offered him $500,000. I showed up that afternoon. With a, with a top producer in hand and a world-renowned talent on board, the baby name CD for boys was ready to record. Right, when Frankie arrived that morning, he clearly had been up all hours of the bleeding night. Studio recording of that first encounter can be heard here on Beneath the Music for the first time. All right, you fucking lame brains, let's get this goddamn show on the road. Frankie, uh, we're ready when you are. Somebody tell Bangers and Mash to shut his crumpet stuff and get me a fucking cup of joe. Right away, Mr. Martino. Hey, Jiggles, after the limey redcoat gets done with this wing ding, why don't you and I bump uglies down at the auto mat? Oh, Mr. Martino, you're a rascal. I'm gonna bag that lady, you can book it. <laughs> okay, Ringo, let's do the thing with the baby name. Right, take one. Whether you're far or whether you're near Birthdays come but once a year So I wish you happy birthday, dear Happy birthday, Aaron Right, now let's do all the rest Abbott Abel, Abdul, Abelard, Abner, Abraham, Adam, Addison. The recording progressed smoothly with Martino running through Male's first name with relative ease until he got to the C's. What kind of asshole names his son Cheyenne? Are you fucking with me right now? Look, can we just get bloody on with it? The only way I'm singing Cheyenne is if the governor of fucking Colorado comes down here and blows me. Cheyenne is in Wyoming. Eat shit, you chinless teabag. Frankie Martino did not return for two weeks. Only after promises of some frankly odd sexual favors were offered was he willing to return. Again, he started with energy, but as the session went on, he started losing his voice. You can hear it as you go down the alphabet. He's good D through M, but then listen, just listen when he gets to Nathan. Nathan, Nathaniel, <clears throat> Nacho, Napoleon, Natani, Natividad? Right. I asked him if he'd like to take a break for tea, rest his voice or whatnot. He told me to stick a dick in my tea hole. <laughs> so Martino was clearly struggling with the latter part of the alphabet. You can hear it on the final recording. I mean, he just airballed Zachary. Happy birthday. <laughs> we released that CD at all the major outlets. Land the Nod, Baby Gap, The Baby Barn, Babies Are Us, Baby, 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 Babies Got Back, Hey, Have Another Baby, The Baby Store, The Happy Catholic, The Baby Place, Birth Control Ain't Us, 
<laughs> Babies and more. Baby Bath and Beyond. Baby Unlimited. And of course, Jesus fucking Christ, another fucking baby shop. It's sold like hotcakes. It would be Frankie's last time in a studio, but it did kick off the Baby Name Tour, which played to sold-out halls around the world. Of course, the shows in India were a little longer, but hey. The problem was, as it went on, the crowd would start to dwindle, because after the parents heard their little brat's name, they'd leave. After about an hour, Frankie's up there singing to fucking Zelda, Zeke, and Zoe. On the final night of his tour, Martino collapsed on the stage after singing the name Yolanda to the small crowd in Rio de Janeiro. The autopsy later revealed that Martino died of a combination of lung inflammation, pneumonia, dropsy, lupus, finger cancer, clogged artery, fatty liver, morbid obesity, generally optimistic obesity, mucousy spleen, peanut butter barf, runny nose, Kirkland's disease, smoker's cough, Thornburn's position, runner's high, cauliflower ear, and bum's gas. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's cast rather a gloom over the story, hasn't it? But that story reminds me of a classic Frankie Martino song about bum's gas. Here to sing it is Michael Bubile. Some guys call it beggar's fart. Cutting cheese with a homeless tramp. Breaking wind with a vagabond. Some folks call it the drifter's draft. Oh, you can call it a hobo heater. Bag lady biscuit from a garbage eater. But remember that wind just flew out of his ass. That down and out dumpster diving dude has a case of the Bums gas. <laughs> dear, dear, dear me, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing like a song about derelicts and the wind they pass. Top level stuff, gents. Well, anyways, another big thanks to the Black Box Theater once again with their name associated with the last thing we did. Right. Remember, you can go to blackboxtheater.com for all the info. That's Black Box Theater, ladies and gentlemen, smelled, excuse me, spelled with an R-E, and not with that stupid dumbass E-R, put out by another mouth-breathing troglodyte. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the cherry on top. We've got one more bit. Right. Let's do it. Okay, the next ball is coming. Here it is, B7, B7. Please check your cards for B7. Okay, no, okay, the next letter and number is 072, 072. Bingo! Okay, okay, everyone, all right. Uh, please hold and do not clear your cards. We need to confirm, Jeff. All right, Bill, here we go. Uh, Ma'am, if I can see your card, please. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, uh, we have B12, not the shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bingo humor yeah, for hilarious. you. Correct. Uh, we have I-16. Correct. Free space. Let me check. Correct. G44. That is correct. And O72. 72, that's correct. Clear your cards for the next game. We have a bingo oh. winner. Uh, can you tell them what uh, she's won? Oh, absolutely. Congratulations, young lady. What's, what's your name, dear? Claire. Well, Claire, you have just won $100 in gift certificates from Applebee's. This is the best day. Now, these certificates are redeemable at all Applebee's participating locations except Alaska, 
Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and on the moon.